0: Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise, all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we have another listener suggestion. And just a quick reminder, we're going to be revisiting some stories. So if you have an encounter that you would like to share, please let me know. I did get some emails over the weekend and I haven't had a chance to respond to them yet, but I promise you I am working through them. So do. Don't give up on me. I will be responding. I just got a little busy over the weekend. Didn't get a chance to get to you. Anyways, with all that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours. So, choose your poison accordingly. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time I say species, that will be a single shot. And every time I say extinct, that's going to be a double shot. Oh good, I hope you're scratching your head on this one. Alright, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So... Don your best and sharpest lab coat and smarty pants glasses as we switch to our cerebral side with today's offering and the scientific pursuit of animal de-extinctation. Yeah, that's a hard word to say. Are we really ready for a real life Jurassic Park? Yes, we're going there today. All right, I hope it's a fun one. It is a very sad fact of the world that species are going extinct at a rapid pace, especially in our modern world that humans conquer and exploit day by day. Whether it's due to natural factors, cataclysms, or human activities, some species along with their whole natural heritage and evolutionary legacy are wiped off the face of the earth. Gone forever or are they? What if we could bring them back, to resurrect these species and allow them to populate the planet and roam the wilderness once again? It's a sci-fi concept that has gained quite a bit of real momentum in recent years and has been thrust into the public consciousness with the well-known Jurassic Park series of films. But the question becomes, could we really do this? more importantly, should we do this? It's a complicated and complex topic, to be sure, but there can be no mistake that bringing extinct animals back from the dead, a process called de-extinction, is a very real scientific pursuit, and is being researched and carried out with various degrees of success, with some of the animal candidates for these projects long gone and currently residing only within the lost sands of time. The technology to carry out the recreation and cloning of animal species has come a long way over the past couple of decades. The first cloned mammal, Dolly the Sheep, was met with great fanfare in 1996, but was based on what is now seen as fairly crude technology, consisting of simply emptying out an egg, inserting DNA from another animal's cells, using a simple electric shock to kickstart cell division and hoping that it would work. You know, we always love those ones where, you know, we just close our eyes and pray that things are going to happen. Indeed, with the technology of the time, most cloned animals were plagued with health problems or died shortly after birth, if they were ever born at all, which most weren't. However, since then, scientists have gained a whole new bag of tricks, with more understanding of the cloning process, and more sophisticated, refined methods at their disposal, making the prospect of resurrecting lost species that much closer to our grasp. With the possession of these more advanced tools, and armed with this new knowledge, scientists have suggested tried to, and even succeeded in reviving several extinct animals. One promising method of bringing back species is the use of cloning and genetic engineering. Among the many candidates for de-extinction, the largest and perhaps most ambitious is the plan to try and resurrect the woolly mammoth, which resembled a large, hairy elephant and went extinct around 10,000 years ago. Since then, there have been amazingly well-preserved specimens found on the frozen tundra of Siberia and in Alaska, and it's believed that the DNA in some of these carcasses can be utilized to bring these lumbering beasts back. There have been several teams devoted to pursuing this, and although they have not been successful as of yet, the theory behind how this would be achieved is pretty sound. Of course, ideally, a living cell would be the most desirable for such an undertaking, but since the cells themselves would probably be too degraded from millennia under the ice, it is believed that a cell nucleus is the key, as it could potentially have lasted longer. The first proposed step is to retrieve the intact nucleus of a mammoth cell from the frozen tissue of one of these well-preserved specimens. Once this nucleus is obtained, it is then to be inserted into the egg of a modern elephant. Since the process of cloning, any extinct animal ideally uses the genome of living specimens of the closest living relative of the extinct species. It is theorized that the nucleus would then take control of the egg and start forming a mammoth embryo, after which it would be transferred into a surrogate elephant mother, This is all easier said than done, like duh, but the premise is not entirely far fetched, and some scientists believe we could have cloned living mammoths or mammoth hybrids within just a few years. Another proposed method for bringing back the mammoth is to simply take the DNA of a living elephant and modify it through genetic manipulation. In this case, the mammoth's DNA is more or less copy and pasted into the genome of, extinct, of, a, of an existing elephant by way of cell cultures called fibroblasts. I'm going to pause for a moment here and just say anybody who's ever put together a PowerPoint presentation or a Word document knows that copy and paste is not your friend. just saying. Okay, back to the story. Alright, I know, you guys are just giggling. I'm so stupid, I can't help myself. Alright, these elephants can then be bred with the desired mutations that would essentially transform them into woolly mammoths. Although it sounds like something straight out of a science fiction story, the mammoth revivalists... Team at Wyss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering at Harvard, claims that they have already made good progress in realizing this plan, although it's unknown if any of this will actually work. Similar methods are hoped to be used to bring back another species, the passenger pigeon. Native to North America, these birds were once so plentiful that they formed vast flocks that literally blotted out the sky, and indeed, they were widely considered to have been one of the most abundant birds on the continent, reaching populations of up to 5 billion. In 1813, the great naturalist John James Audubon wrote of the bizarre sight of these birds, and I quote, The air was literally filled with pigeons. The light of noonday was obscured as by an eclipse. The dung fell in spots, not unlike melting flakes of snow, and the continued buzz of wings had a tendency to lull my senses to repose." At the time, this was probably one of the last animals that anyone would have ever imagined would become extinct. But several factors began to take their toll on the species, including deforestation, loss of breeding grounds, and perhaps most damaging of all, the non-stop hunting they faced. The plentiful birds were seen as a cheap source of meat, and often the flocks were followed by droves of people wielding rifles who would blast away at the masses of birds until their dead bodies were falling like rain. All of these factors converged to create a rapid decline in the population between the years of 1870 to 1890. The flocks dwindled, and in 1900, the last wild passenger pigeon was shot and killed by a boy with a BB gun. In 1914, the last passenger pigeon known to exist, a bird named Martha, died at the Cincinnati Zoo, thus showing the shocking cataclysm of a species going from one of the most abundant to being totally gone from the face of the earth. But is it really gone forever? Since 2012, there have been efforts to try and bring the passenger pigeon back, but it's not without its difficulties. The main problem is that there is simply no specimen of the bird that has DNA that is intact enough to be usable for cloning. Because of this, the idea with the passenger pigeon is to collect enough fragments of its DNA from desperate preserved specimens so that they can be combined and put together sort of like a jigsaw puzzle. When enough of the DNA has been reconstructed in this way, it can be used to doctor and edit the DNA in the cells of the passenger's closest living relatives, the band-tailed pigeon, or the common rock pigeon, to eventually produce the lost species through their eggs. This particular technique of patching together incomplete genomes has been honed to the point where it is seen as holding promise for other species for which there is no remaining intact DNA, such as the thylacine, also known as the Tasmanian tiger, or even the prehistoric saber-toothed tiger. There are obvious hurdles to using cloning and genetic manipulation to bring dead species back to life. For one… There has to be enough viable, undamaged DNA to make it work. Unfortunately for fans of Jurassic Park, this is why we will probably never see dinosaurs walking the earth again, because DNA does decay, and once it reaches a certain expiration date, at most tens of thousands of years, it becomes unusable. Then there has to be tissue from which to extract the DNA, and enough of it present to be of use, or at least to be able to piece the genome together somewhat. There is also the current necessity to have some extinct, extinct or existing close relative of the extinct species to provide surrogate cells and mothers, meaning that a lost species with no remaining relatives is probably beyond hope. Despite these hurdles, the idea itself is not only plausible, but has already been carried out to some degree of success. In 2003, scientists went about trying to clone an animal called the Bocardo, which is a subspecies of the Iberian ibex native to the Pyrenees Mountains of Southwest Europe. These majestic animals with their formidable curving horns were steadily hunted down until there were only a few dozen left in the 1980s, and by 1999 only a single known specimen was known to exist, a female named Celia that was tagged and monitored until her tragic death under a falling tree in 2000. With Celia's death, the Bucardo was another addition to a long list of species gone forever. But in 2003, a team of researchers from Spain and France began a program to try and bring it back. They were greatly aided in the fact that there was very good quality frozen tissue of the creatures kept from Celia and others. Due to this perfectly intact DNA, a team of reproductive physiologists led by Jose Fulch managed to successfully insert the Bocardo DNA into a goat egg that had been emptied of its own genetic material and implanted into a goat surrogate mother. After only one of the many pregnancies they orchestrated came to term, the result was the first ever successful de-extinction, but it was to be short-lived as the newborn kid died 10 minutes after birth due to lung complications. While this re-extinction of a newly de-extinct species was certainly tragic, it did show that the the technique has the potential to really work, and has paved the way for other researchers and de-extinctions there's another way that has been pursued for de-extinction and this is the use of breeding back or selectively breeding living species in order to recreate the traits and appearance of an extinct one a sort of artificial process of natural selection this has been has notably already been done on a few species with one of these being an animal called the quagga This was a type of zebra native to South Africa that had a distinctive appearance in that it only had stripes on the front half of its body, and which was once found in great numbers in its native range. The species was decimated by hunting and competition with domesticated animals in the wake of Dutch colonization, and the quagga was extinct in the wild by 1878 shortly followed by the death of the last living specimen in 1883 at a zoo in Amsterdam. In 1987, a program called the Quagga Project was enacted to try and bring the quagga back through selective breeding, Burchell's zebras, which it was found that the quagga had been a subspecies of. It was thought that the quagga phenotype, or basically its observable physical characteristics or traits, could be recreated in this manner, especially the unique stripe pattern the species displayed. The program was successful in producing animals that look very much like the original extinct subspecies, but it's unclear whether they can be called true quagga, as although they appear as such, it is not known if their actual DNA matches the original quagga because they are still basically normal zebras on a genetic level, with the quagga genotype still more or less still effectively extinct. So, looks close but no banana, sorry. Even earlier than this was perhaps one of the earliest efforts towards de-extinction ever, which happened all the way back in the 1920s. In this case, the animal was the auroch, a type of massive ancient cattle that were the ancestors of the domestic cows that we know today, and were found throughout Europe, Asia, and North Africa. Aurochs became extinct in 1627 due to rampant overhunting, loss of habitat, and diseases from domesticated cattle. But in 1921, German zoologist Heinz and Lutz Heck began an intensive crossbreeding program designed to bring back the a rock-like traits using breeds of modern cattle that display characteristics such as the dark color, large size, general shape, and massive uniquely shaped horns of a rocks. The program was unfortunately supported by the Nazis, but they did succeed in creating cattle with a decidedly a rock-like phenotype, which they called Hex. However, as with the Quagga, these are just cattle bred to look like the Iraq, so it's unclear whether they can be called a true de-extinction as the extinct original genotype and gene pool are gone. In the end, these are just lookalikes, imposters that are not really a part of the true genetic lineage of the extinct species that they seek to recreate. Even so, there are still other projects that aim to more closely bring back the true Iraq and Quagga for better or worse. With all this talk about all of the technology, successes, and theories revolving around the question of whether we can resurrect extinct species, there is inevitably the question of whether we actually should. There are certainly ethical questions and themes that need to be discussed, and the debate has been pretty heated at times. Many people believe that it is our moral obligation to bring back species that our activities have directly wiped out, especially since their absence creates a loss of biodiversity and could potentially have severe repercussions for the ecosystem as well. This camp believes that there are various benefits to restoring the biodiversity that was lost, and that if we had the power to destroy them, we should use our power to bring them back. However, others have pointed out that bringing back these species may actually lead to an eventual loss of diversity by funneling much-needed funding away from conservation efforts for existing endangered species. Evolutionary biologist John Wiens has said of this, and I quote: "There is clearly a terrible urgency to saving threatened species and habitats. As far as I can see, there is little urgency for bringing back extinct ones. Why invest millions of dollars in bringing a handful of species back from the dead when there are millions still waiting to be discovered, described, and protected?" End quote. Interesting debate. It's not only the money poured into genetic research for cloning extinct species that draws away from funds that could be used to keep other species from joining them, but also the costs involved with keeping these resurrected animals alive after they are created, as their numbers will be very small. They'll need the same funding to protect as any other endangered species, and more importantly, the problems that caused them to go extinct in the first place have often not gone away. In this line of reasoning, diverting much-needed conservation money to reviving extinct species could lead to even more extinctions in the end. It also instills a sense of complacency in us. The false sense of security as some sort of reset button on the ecology, and ecologist Douglas Macaulay has given his thought on this thus, and I quote, Honestly, the thing that scares me most is that the public absorbs the misimpression that extinction is no longer scary, that the mindset becomes, deforest, no biggie, we can reforest. If we drive something extinct, no biggie, we can just de-extinct it, End quote. Another strike against the de-extinction plans, especially for species that have been extinct for a very long time is that in some cases the ecosystem has changed since they have left or have learned to cope without them. For example, with the woolly mammoth, the exact environment and all of the other pieces of their ecology they coexisted with no longer exist. If we were to suddenly reintroduce a herd of woolly mammoths into the Siberian tundra, it would not be the same tundra that they left what effect would they have on the current ecosystem, and the plants and animals that now inhabit it? Would the woolly mammoth not be in essence a potentially invasive species? Some of these revived species would essentially be aliens, and there is little we can do to predict the impact of that. This is all a debate that seems to have no real end in sight, yet these things are that need to be seriously considered when moving forward with plans for the de-extinction of any species. The whole thing underlines that our technology is starting to move at a pace surpassing our ability to ethically deal with it. We will likely very soon have the ability to bring species back from the dead whenever we like. We will be able to resurrect the mammoth, the saber-toothed cat, anything that we like, if not the dinosaurs. However, is any of this a good idea just because we can do it does it mean we should and the answer to that remains murky and if you ever doubt me sit down and watch Jurassic Park again I'm just saying there are benefits there are pros there are cons to both sides of the argument but I'm wondering what you think And with that, my darlings, we have come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on today's topic. Are you pro-extinction, or are you pro-de-extinction? And what's your reason behind that? Which dinosaur would you like to bring back? And don't anybody tell me you guys want to bring those little scary little things back because no, we don't want those because you can't keep them as a pet. I'm just saying. Anyways, I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and let me know what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you have a story of your own that you'd like for us to share on the show, Drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. I'm just a little bit behind the eight ball at the moment. I will get to everybody. But on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And, you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio Renegade Talk Radio